Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Houston Healthcare Initiative podcast. My name is Harold Nickel. This week, Dr. Stephen Goldstein will take a deeper dive into a court decision that requires hospitals to reveal private negotiated rates with insurers starting this coming January the 1st. Plus, he will provide more insight into how hospitals decide what and how much to charge us. And man, is that a story all by itself. It's all more than a little complicated, but we're very fortunate to have a bona fide expert with us here today to help us all make sense of this. And Dr. Goldstein, you described some of this to the audience on the last podcast, but could you uh, refresh us on the issue of healthcare transparency? Yes, of course. This has to do with the prices charged for medical services by hospitals. Hospital prices are not based on the free market. Instead, they are agreed on via senior agreements between the hospitals and the insurance company. The truth is that pricing for medical services as paid by insurance companies are artificially set and not competitive at all. Prices agreed to in advance by the hospital and insurance companies are not disclosed to the public. We are led to believe that our insurance providers negotiate on behalf of their policyholders. But the court has ruled that this will no longer be permitted, that hospitals will have to reveal these negotiated rates, right? Well, we hope so. When people make other purchases for food, auto, clothes, and so forth, these merchants post the price of these items. Now, hospitals will also have to make their prices public. What is not clear is how they may still obfuscate the published prices one way or another. I I have to say that on the surface, posting prices at hospitals, you know, just kind of sounds downright reasonable. It makes me think that there must be more to this than than meets the eye. So take the side of the hospital industry here and tell us why the approach that every other merchant on planet Earth takes to display their prices for goods and services and why the hospital should not. Well, one reason many hospitals do not list their actual prices is that, according to them, some cases are more complicated than others. Thus, an appendectomy may go smoothly, or it may be complicated by other factors, such as adhesions from a previous surgery that cause scarring. And this may take additional operating room time, resulting in a higher cost. Thus, hospitals claim they can only give estimates. However, this could be handled in one of two ways. Publish the price for each procedure at what the hospital perceives as the average price. Then figure out ways to cut costs so that the average cost is lower, resulting in increased profit for the hospital. Alternatively, they could publish a price for operating room time by the hour that would include all the ancillary charges and publish the range of operating room times for each procedure. Well, that sounds just way, that just sounds way too simple. How does But how does the hospital figure out what to charge now? Well, with the use of computer technology, hospitals are able to establish a charge for each product or service, no matter how small. Every aspirin, every blood test, every x-ray, every bandage, every suture has a charge. Some of these charges pay credulity, for instance, the $20 aspirin. All these charges are added up to give the final hospital charge. Of course, this this doesn't include multiple physician charges that are separate. The final charge is the, quote, sticker price, unquote. The insurance company never pays this price. They have a secret negotiated price based on the Medicare price, 
usually 130 to 160% of the Medicare price. Okay, what if my insurance isn't accepted by the hospital? Then what? Well, hospitals are obligated by law to take care of all emergency room patients. Elective patients are informed that their insurance will not be accepted. Patients are then free to negotiate a price with the hospital or go to an in-network hospital. Okay, but say I was in an accident and I showed up at the emergency room and I and I can't talk. I'm unable to speak and I'm I'm in an out of network hospital. Then what? Well, in this day and age, that's an extremely unlikely scenario as most large hospitals have deals with a small number of private insurance companies. However, uh, insurance companies do have different rules if you do happen to be in that situation and that determine how much they will pay for out-of-network benefits. They almost never pay the sticker price, but will negotiate a deal with the hospital. A patient will probably have to pay more on the bill than he would expect at an in-network hospital. And of course, we're not discussing today the surprise bills from physicians that are out of network. Right. Why does a hospital send what amounts to a wish list hoping to get paid for as much as possible? And the insurance company is only going to pay for, you know, what it's going to pay for. Is this just a colossal waste of time and resources? Because it sure sounds like it. Well, by sending a very large bill, the patient feels he's getting a bargain if the insurance company writes off a huge portion of the bill. This sends a message to the patient that insurance companies are indispensable. Otherwise, the high price of medicine would be even higher. You know, this kind of reminds me of when I was a kid playing ball with my friends and we changed the rules that we had all agreed on prior based on whatever the outcome we wanted was. Yes, that's not a bad analogy. Hospitals only produce one kind of bill and is sent to the insurance company who can just refuse to pay anything they didn't already agree to pay. That's their game and it's their rules. Okay, but what happens when you have to play the game with the hospital and you don't have insurance or if your insurance doesn't cover what you needed? Then you appear to be on the hook for the entire amount. Hospitals know that a minority of patients will just pay the bill, but most people can't pay it. Yeah, I was afraid you were going to say that. Uh, since hospitals know that most people can't pay, and they will allow you to negotiate a lower price. But don't expect the hospital to tell you that this is possible. And of course, this is difficult to do while you're convalescing from a hospital stay. But if you ignore the bill, hospitals will sell your debt to a collection agency, and you can easily find yourself bankrupt. Man, okay, I I kind of want to go... <laughs> I want to go back to the court ruling and what it means and what we can expect between now and the 1st of January. Well, that's three questions, but here goes. The court ruled that an executive order from the Trump administration requiring hospitals to close pricing was legal. A federal judge upheld the policy that requires hospitals and insurance, uh, health insurers to publish their negotiated price for health services numbers that are typically kept secret. The policy, in part, is a major push by the administration to improve transparency in health care. Insurers and health providers usually negotiate deals behind closed doors, and patients rarely know the cost of services until after the fact. What it means and what will happen, of course, are, are different. Okay, and um, I'm sorry about the, the multi-part question. What it means is that the regulation and courts say that prices will have to be public. But when it will happen in the meantime, 
is is there is an appeal accompanied by a full public relation full court public relations press by the insurance industry to derail this effort. If the battle can be dragged out until the presidential election, hospitals and insurance companies can hope a new administration will rescind the executive order. Yeah, hasn't that public relations campaign already started? Well, you better believe it. Four organizations are now urging the Department of Health and Human Services to delay implementation of the price transparency rule until after the appeals court makes a decision in the case. The American Hospital Association, the Federation of American Hospitals, the Association of American Medical Colleges, and the Children's Hospital Association made the request in a letter to the HHS Secretary, Alex Azar, on June 29, five days after these associations. And others filed an appeal against the ruling, which would implement a rule on price transparency on January 1st. The group said the rule would pose a burden to hospitals and health systems responding to the COVID-19 public health emergency. Well, along with what Dr. Goldstein mentioned, 34 hospital groups have already urged HHS to delay the start of the price disclosure. And trust me, as a lifetime public relations person, I assure everyone listening that this was not a coincidence, but it was a well-orchestrated publicity effort designed to bring pressure on the agency and even the judiciary. The Houston Healthcare Initiative hopes that via this podcast, the website, and social media posts that more of you will understand what is at stake, who the players are, who benefits, and why. That all these groups are working so hard to overturn this may be a clue that what the administration ordered and what the court upheld is good for patients and the American public. We went a little bit long today with our podcast, um, but please check out the new and greatly improved website, which is HoustonHealthCareInitiative.org. Tell your friends about us and please come back next time for another edition of the Houston Healthcare Initiative podcast.